life. I believe he rewards those who seek him. That motivates me to live for him. You know, you can live for him out of fear or you can live for him out of faith and anticipation that God is going to do something good in your life. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. There once was a man who was and then wasn't, for God took him. Hi, and welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thanks for joining us. Today we're continuing the series, The Unsung Heroes of the Bible, with a look at an incredible man named Enoch. Enoch is the first person in the Bible to literally be snatched from the earth while he was alive and walking. We call it rapture. As you probably know, the Bible promises the day will come when God's church is raptured in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Enoch just happens to be an Old Testament example of what this incredible moment will look like. He was there, and then he wasn't. But it was his righteous walk with God that made him a candidate for this incredible moment, which is why I've included him as an unsung hero of the Bible. So grab your Bible and follow along as I share part two of the message, Enoch, the first raptured man. Some defining moment rocked his world. Something got his attention. A great change took place. Because we don't read of him walking with God before he was 65. The Bible makes a point of saying, at 65, when Methuselah was born, he suddenly began to walk with God. For 300 years, he walked with God. What was it about the birth of Methuselah that caused him to say, it's time for me to walk with God? What was the defining moment? What changed him? The Bible connects his change with the birth of Methuselah. What was it about Methuselah that made him say, time to do it, time to walk with God? The mystery is found in the name, Methuselah. The mystery is found in the name. Methuselah's name means this, catch this, quote, in the year of his death, it shall come. In the year of My son's death, it shall come. What in the world was the it? Here he is. He's about to name this boy. God speaks to him and says, you call him Methuselah. In the year of his birth, in the time that he dies, when he dies, it shall come. Well, we know now what the it was. The it was Noah's flood. It was when God was going to judge the entire world. Get this, God had told Enoch that the life of this special child would literally be the hourglass that counted down the years remaining for planet Earth prior to God's judgment. You better pray he lives a long time. You better pray he really lasts. You better feed him good. Make sure he exercises, eats his Cheerios. We want this guy living as long as he can because when he dies, it shall come. Adam lived 930 years. Seth lived 912 years. 
But Methuselah lived 969 years longer than any person in history, which to me speaks of the mercy of God. God was waiting for everybody and anybody to hear the word of God. Because see, in the meantime, as Methuselah lived, he had a grandson named Noah. And his grandson Noah was building the ark. So you had two men who were witnessing of the approaching judgment. One Methuselah testifying by his life. When I die, it shall come. Noah building the ark, preparing for the day that it came. We know that Noah preached for 110 years to his generation, and he warned them. Peter tells us he was a preacher of righteousness. He warned them, he called them to repentance, and he said, if you'll just get into this ark with me and my family, you will be saved when the judgment comes. The ark was a picture of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the ark of the new covenant. And we say to people today, just get in Jesus, get into Jesus while the door is open, get into Jesus while the door is open, come to him while the door is open, make good on the day of grace because the day will come when the door is shut. That's exactly what happened in Noah's time. The Bible tells us that when you add up the ages of Methuselah's offspring, that he died just before the great flood. Some scholars take it as close as seven days before the flood, Methuselah died. And do you know that when Methuselah died, God told Noah's family, get into the ark. But the door didn't shut. They sat in that ark for seven days. We call it the seven days of God's final grace in the antediluvian age. God gave people seven days. They had heard Noah for 110 years, preaching of judgment coming, preaching of getting into the ark, preaching and telling them, you better hear me. A judgment is coming. You better get into this boat. You better get in. I know we're on dry land, but it's not always going to be that way. A cataclysm is coming. And so when Methuselah died, God told Noah and his family, get into the ark. And they sat in that ark for seven days, but the door was not shut. It was like God was saying, you've heard them for 110 years preaching about judgment. You've heard them for 110 years encouraging you to get right with me. Now you see they're in the boat. And so you better take that as a cue because you've also seen animals supernaturally drawn to this boat. I've given you a sign. I've given you a picture. I've shown you something that doesn't happen normally. Lions, bears, leopards, cheetahs, monkeys, birds coming supernaturally to the door of this ark and walking in. How much more of a sign do you need? You've seen them one after another after another loading up this ark and now the family has gone in and God gave them seven more days. And the Bible says when seven days were up, God himself shut that door and the ark closed and the rain began to fall. And as the waters rose and that ark began to be buoyed up by the water, they were pounding on the door, pounding on the ark, climbing trees, climbing the highest mountains, but nothing kept them from the encroaching, rising water. There was a day when it was too late and there's going to be a day when it's too late for every human being listening to my voice. The Bible says, we know that when he appears, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. And everybody who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. You see, Enoch was a sign. Methuselah, his son was a sign. Noah was a sign. 
And God was talking to that generation. So he changed for God. When he realized God's about to send judgment, he said, I got to get right with God. I've got to walk with God. And so it makes sense to me that when Methuselah was born, Enoch began to walk with God. He changed for God. Can I tell you, sir, if ever there was a time to decide to walk with God, it is now. It's today. Don't wait. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. The Bible says today is the acceptable hour. Now is the appointed time. Don't wait like that whole generation waited and they missed God. They missed his rescue, but not Enoch. Enoch knew what was coming and he walked with God. And now not only was he changed for God, but he aimed for God. Catch this. From this moment forward, Enoch intentionally directed his life toward God. Hebrews 11.5 tells us before he was taken, he was commended as one that pleased God. Now it's about to describe the way he viewed life and the way he viewed God. The very next verse, after talking about Enoch, Hebrews 11, 5 and 6, it says, without faith it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. That verse 6 is a commentary on Enoch's belief system. He said, I know not only is cataclysmic judgment coming, But I believe this about God, that if I believe that he's there and I believe he rewards those who seek him, that motivates me to live for him. You know, you can live for him out of fear or you can live for him out of faith and anticipation that God is going to do something good in your life. Enoch said, I've got several reasons to walk with God. One, I don't want to be caught in the judgment. Two, I know that if I really aim for him, if I make God my aim, if I wake up in the morning and say, this is a great day to seek God, I'm not going to go after money, I'm not going to go after fame, I'm not going to go after success, not primarily. I'm going to make my primary pursuit in life God. I'm going to aim for God. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to pursue God. I'm going after God. I'm going to chase God. He's going to become my target, my bullseye, my passion. Oh, I love that because everybody in this room is chasing something primarily in your life. I promise you, every heart in here and every heart listening by radio has a treasure. Your treasure decides your pursuit. Your pursuit decides where you spend your time, where you spend your money, where you spend your affections. Some people wake up and say, well, it's a great day to chase that money. Some people wake up today and say, it's a great day to chase that sin that I have just really fallen in love with. It's a great day to get up and go after this or that or the other. Enoch woke up and said, Lord, I'm going to chase after you. You're going to be my aim. You are my passion. You are my pursuit. So my money's going towards you. My affections are going towards you. My time is primarily going to be given to you. You're going to get the first of my time. Let me ask you here today, what is your target? What are you aiming at? What are you pursuing? What is your primary passion? When you think about your future, five years, 10 years, 20 years down the road, how much of it involves God? How much of it involves having lived for him? honoring him, seeking him.
living for him, desiring him, pursuing him. Think about it. And as you think about it, think of this. How are you spending your money? When you look at your checkbook, how much of it went to God? Jesus talked about a man in the Bible. He's called the rich man, the rich fool. This man was a multimillionaire in his day. We might even call him the Donald Trump of his day. He had granaries, and these granaries were filled with grain, filled with seed. He was running over with monetary, materialistic success. He was the talk of the town. If he lived today, he would have been on the front cover of Time magazine as one of our great success stories. He would have been on Forbes' richest list. But one day he said something to himself. He said, you have stored up all this money, all this great. It's time to cash in and live off of your 401k and enjoy life. Go to Hawaii, have a good time. Get that gold watch. Take advantage of everything you've earned. You deserve it today. You deserve to retire and have a great life. But it says that night his soul was required of him and he died. And for the first time in the Bible, Jesus called somebody a fool. He said, you lived a fool's life. You lived a fool's life because you were rich towards yourself, but you were not rich toward God. You didn't give him any of your time, any of what he gave you monetarily or materially. You did not give him your soul. You did not give him yourself. And so now having hoarded up all of these things, you can't take one seed of grain with you. And when you step into eternity, you're going to have to say to God, I wasn't rich toward you at all. Didn't acknowledge you, didn't live for you, didn't pursue you, didn't love you. That wasn't Enoch. Enoch said, I've changed for God and now I'm going to aim for God. I'm going to live for God. Sir, I tell you today, I have been at many, many bedsides where somebody was passing from this world. I have presided over many funerals. I have never had a person say to me, man, I wish I had not lived so much for God. I've never had them say that to me. I have had them say, I wish I'd come to him sooner. I wish I'd hurt him sooner. I wish I'd given him more because your life passes by in a flash. You're young now, perhaps 20 years old, 25, 30-ish. Let me tell you, it's going to speed by in decades. You're 30 now. You're going to wake up tomorrow and go, I can't believe I'm 40. And then you're going to just go a little bit longer and one day wake up and somebody's going to be singing happy birthday to you. And you're going to, I can't believe I'm 50. Is that real? Somebody pinch me and wake me up. And then before you know it, you're going to wake up one day and, and realize you're 60 and life has passed you by. It goes by in a flash. You live the weeks and the months and the years, the older you get, the faster they go by. And then you start asking yourself, have I been rich toward God? Or have I lived for me? I want to encourage you today, allow God to change you. And then allow God to aim you towards him. Allow God to aim you towards him. Enoch believed this was the most fulfilling life available on earth. And the Bible completely confirms that he was right. Enoch was changed by God and Enoch aimed for God. And then the Bible says Enoch proclaimed for God. He said, you know, this walk with God is so good. I have been so blessed. I cannot keep it to myself. Amen. You know, when you find a good thing, you can't keep your mouth shut. Have you ever noticed that? Now I'm going to make a confession to you. 
I cycle, you know, and, and here's the way I talk myself into going further than I might normally feel like going. I say, if you'll just go this many miles, I will allow you to go to Brahms as soon as you're done. And my habit has been to go to Brahms. And here's what I have always done. I go to Brahms and I drive up and I order sherbet. I order lime and orange sherbet. There's something about lime and orange sherbet when you've been in 100 degrees and you've gone about 10, 20, 30 miles on a bike that it just feels like you deserve it right then and there. It's like you have found a little piece of heaven. But recently, I drove into Brahms sweating like a dog. I've gone a lot of miles. And I saw an advertisement for a new kind of sherbet. Grape. Grape. Oh, no. Some of you winced. Oh, you won't wince when I'm done. Grape sherbet. I said, grape, it must be new. Do I change and try something a little bit different? Well, I'm going to try it. I ordered two dips of grape sherbet. Before I got out of the parking lot, I heard harps playing. (laughs) Oh man, this was like a major discovery. And I was, I was creating my own hymn. I was singing, how great thou art. <laughs> Grape sherbet. It just rang every bell that could be rung. It was like, where have you been all my life? And you know what I did? I drove out of there. And I'm going to be real honest with you. I had two dips in this waffle cone. And it was so good, so irresistible, so unforgettable. I was already thinking, where is the next Brahms down the road? <laughs> and... I remember there's a Brahms right by our house. So I ate those two dips and I pulled right in again. And I ordered more. And it was this incredible. Now, already some of you are salivating a little bit. You're thinking, wow, well, where's the nearest Brahms towards me? Brahms owes me for this message. Because I pulled in and I'm being honest with you, I ordered two more dips and I ordered a pint with it because I was sold on this stuff. Now, do you notice how when you like something, you can tell about it? See, I'm leading you into a realization. The Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And when you come to know the Lord Jesus and his peace that fills your heart and the love of the Lord that's poured out in your heart by the Holy Ghost, and isn't it great to be at peace in a troubled world? Isn't it great to wake up in the morning and have the word of God drop down onto your soul like dew on the grass? Isn't it just beautiful to know that you are right with him and you are headed to heaven and all the sin issues are settled and he took your sin and he took your judgment and now you are the righteousness of God in him? Isn't it great to know that you've been adopted into a brand new family and that you are a child of God and no longer a child of the devil? Isn't it great to know that he is your beloved and you are his? And isn't it great to know that you're going to live in in eternity, in bliss, with no sickness, no disease, no heart trouble, none of that stuff because of the goodness. Isn't it great to know? And can't you go out and tell somebody? See, I'm convinced that people don't understand what I'm saying, have never tasted of it. Because all it took for me was just an encounter with God's wonderful Holy Spirit. And I was sold for life. There's nothing better than being filled with that Spirit and walking in fellowship with Him. And that's what Enoch came to. He said, 
I've changed for him and I've aimed for him, but now I've discovered having aimed for him, he's so good. I've got to proclaim for him. I can't keep it quiet. He's better than grape sherbet. He's better than the best thing you know of on this planet. He's better. So good and so powerful was his proclamation. He literally prophesied of the coming again of Jesus Christ, having lived centuries before the flood. It says Enoch in Jude 14, Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied, see, the Lord is coming with thousands upon thousands of his saints. He's prophesying the second coming of Jesus Christ millennia before Jesus came. Say with me, Enoch changed for God. He aimed for God. He proclaimed for God. Wouldn't that be great to have on your tombstone as your epitaph right there? He was changed for God. He aimed for God. He proclaimed for God. That to me is a life well lived. Think with me right as we close. One day, Enoch got up just like any other day. Maybe he kissed his wife goodbye on his way out the door. Told her he'd be back for dinner. Maybe he said something to his children. He proceeded down the same path he'd walked so many times before. Here's what we know he was thinking. God exists, and I believe he rewards those that diligently aim for him. So what can I do today to get closer to you, Lord, to please you, to proclaim for you? And he thought, and as he thought and as he walked, he took his last step on earth. When he lifted up his foot, he was on earth. When he went to put it back down, boom, he's with God. Translated, gone. If we could see a video of it, we've seen them. Somebody's walking down a path and they disappear. Walking down a path and they disappear. That's what happened to him. Millions of believers one day will be going about their business. Gone. Don't you want to meet him and be able to say, Lord, I changed for you. I aimed for you. I proclaimed for you. I was faithful. Well, as the old song said, soon and very soon we're going to see the king. Enoch illustrates for us in living color what the catching up of millions of God's children will look like. He was there and then he wasn't. What an incredible moment that will be for those who have trusted Christ as their Savior. Now don't touch that dial just yet because we've got some exciting things to share with our Life Talk listeners you're going to want to take advantage of. And thanks again for making Life Talk a part of your day. We're honored you took the time and trouble to listen and pray you were transformed by God's mighty word. And I look forward to our next time together as we begin a brand new life-changing series entitled Disarming Your Giants. You don't want to miss this one. Until then, may God bless you richly is my prayer. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff, and if you appreciate the straightforward Bible teaching you hear on Life Talk Radio, you can help us continue to be a voice of truth on this station. 
Call toll-free at 877-884-3111 or go online to lifetalkradio.us anytime, day or night and make a donation to Empower Life Talk to continue transforming lives with the power of the gospel. Call 877-884-3111 or go online to lifetalkradio.us and give your best gift today. Enoch, the first raptured man, is the final message of Pastor Jeff's series, The Unsung Heroes of the Bible. You can own a copy of this 10-CD set for just $50 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, The Unsung Heroes of the Bible, for only $50 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.